look into my heart right now. Hallelujah. Uh, let's just get started. Let's pray. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we thank you for the word. Your word is truth. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, to lead us and guide us into the truth. We're not here to uh, uh, further any man's opinions or theories. We're here to learn more about you, my God, your ways, so that we can then implement those things into our lives. I'm asking you, Lord, for the anointing upon my life and upon these people. I'm believing you, Lord, right now that you're going to open the word of God open to, me, to us so we can see it as it's meant to be seen and hear it as it's meant to be heard. And I'm believing you, Lord, as well as these people are careful not just to be hearers of the word, but become doers thereof, that everyone in here who does that shall be blessed. That's what your word says. And we expect it this morning in Jesus name. And everybody in agreement said, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, turn with me this morning to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. And as you're turning there, let me remind you what we've been talking about in here. We've been looking at Jesus and what manner of man he was when he walked the earth. And as his disciples, what manner of man or woman each one of us should be. Amen. Every one of us should be like Jesus. How many know that's true? Well, we've seen that Jesus was a man of prayer. We've seen that Jesus was a man who operated in authority. We've seen that Jesus always walked in the love of God. And right now we've been looking at the fact that Jesus was always faithful to do what his father instructed him to do. So we should be people of prayer, just like Jesus. We should be people who are operating in divine authority, just like Jesus. We should be people who are always walking in the love of God, just like Jesus. And we should be faithful. Everybody say, I should be faithful. To be just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Now, the last time we were together, we began to look at what should be the ultimate goal of every Christian walking the face of this planet. To stand before Jesus on judgment day and hear him say these words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Glory to God. How many want to hear those words fall from the master's lips? And we saw how it doesn't matter how much money you end up with or how many things you accumulate over the years or how big of a business you have or how great a job you have or how big a church you have. Friends, listen to me. God is not, he doesn't reward us based upon quantity. God rewards us based upon our faithfulness. Did we do What he told us we're supposed to do. Did we use his gifts to further the kingdom of God in the earth today? Were we faithful? Everybody say, I'm going to be faithful. I am faithful. Glory to God. Now, is it safe to say that every Christian who stands before Jesus on judgment day We'll hear those words, well done and good, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, every man and woman standing before, standing before Jesus, slow down, hear those words. No. 
Stay long. Stop and think about it. Not everybody's going to hear that. Not everybody's going to hear that. The only ones who will hear that are the ones who are faithful. I hope you're listening. God, oh boy, hopefully you're thinking right now. It's got real quiet in here. Listen to me. If you haven't been faithful to do what the Lord hasn't told, told you to do, specifically told you to do, then you can't expect to hear those words come from the lips of Jesus. Do you think Jesus is going to say something about you or say something to you that's not true? It's impossible for him to lie. Now, I want to say something here, too. When you stand before Jesus on Judgment Day and you have not done everything he told you to do, does not mean he's going to look at you and say, you cannot get into heaven. You're lost forever. No, you're already a child of God. Are you hearing me? You're already born again, but you're not going to get any rewards. You're going to make it into heaven, but you're not going to get any rewards. I don't know about you. I do not want to sputter into heaven, barely making it into heaven, not living for God, not doing what I'm supposed to be doing for Jesus, but instead living my own way. Oh, I'm born again. Yeah, I got born again. I, I even go to church on Sunday. Of course, when Monday rolls around, I don't even think about God because I got things to do. I got a job to do. I got, I got to go spend time with my family. I got to watch my television, my favorite shows that come on. Hello? We out there this morning. There's a lot of thinking going on in there. There's a lot of smoke coming out of ears. Hallelujah. I'm trying to make light of stuff and make you laugh a little bit. Anyway, listen to me. The Bible says this in Proverbs 26. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? What is the implication there? There are not a whole bunch of faithful people out there. There are not a lot of... Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your grace to preach this word. I didn't write that, by the way. It's Proverbs. That's the Bible. It's not easy to find faithful people. Oh, they might tell you they are. But being faithful is not based upon your words. Being faithful is based upon your actions. <laughs> Did you do what you were asked to do? Did you follow through with your commitments? Were you a person of your word? Did you use your gifts and talents to reach others for Jesus? Were you faithful? Look here in Matthew chapter 25. Last week we saw that the man who had been given five talents went and doubled what he had received. And the one who had been given two talents did the same thing. And both of them heard the same exact words. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. But I want you to see what happens with this man who was given only one talent. I want to look at verse 24, Matthew 25, 24. This is where we left off last week. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord... I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. Notice how this man had a negative perception of his Lord, didn't he? 
And as a result, notice what happens. Verse 25. And I was afraid. And I was afraid. Do you know that the Bible tells us over and over and over and over again, do not be afraid. Do not fear. Do not fear. Why is that? Because God knows people who are operating in fear, get this, will not be operating in faith. If you're full of fear, you'll have no faith. God knows that people operating in fear will eventually draw to, the, draw to themselves the very things that they're afraid of. Job said this, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. And God knows that fear will eventually paralyze people and keep them from ever stepping out in obedience to the Lord. And that's exactly what happens to this man who was given one talent. Verse 25 again, and I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, you can have what is yours. So this man not only had a wrong perception of his Lord, this man's operating in fear. Do you know that there are a whole lot of people out there that have a a, a wrong perception of Jesus? And I'm not just talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about a whole lot of Christians. They believe that he's a hard taskmaster. Just waiting for them to mess up so he can bop them on the head. Or that he uses, now get this, he uses, he uses sickness or disease or accidents to teach people something. My, my, my. And and based off of that, they have the wrong perception that our good and loving God ain't so good and loving. Did you hear that? Plus, so many people out there believe that our God really isn't fair. Oh, he might bless this person, but he may not bless that person. Oh, he may heal that person, but he may not heal that person. (laughs) It's all up to God. And whether you do or don't fall within his parameters of deserving to be healed or to be deserving to be blessed. Of course, nobody knows what those parameters are. How many know that's not the way our wonderful Lord and Savior is? Did you know that the Bible says that God does not play favorites? He's not into favoritism. I love that person right there. I love, I, I, I love her. I love her, love her, love her. I'm going to bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. But you, with that long beard, mm-mm, I don't like you. I don't like, I don't like, the, I don't like you. You're not going to get blessed, brother. No, no, no. God doesn't do that. God's not into favoritism. Did you, no, no, get this, get this, get this. God loves me. No, 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 I'm going to say it this way. Did you know that God loves or loved, still loves Adolf Hitler as much as he loves me and you? Did you know that he loves Osama bin Laden just as much as he loves me and you? That just doesn't seem right, does it? That doesn't seem fair, does it? God loves everybody just the same. Jesus died on the cross 
for them just as much as he died on the cross for you. I hope you're paying attention right now. I don't want you to ever think that your God isn't fair. Because there is not anywhere someone that is more fair than our God is. Oh, my, my, my. Listen to this. Our God is always good and loving. Our God is always fair and just, always. What he does for one, he'll do for the next because he plays no favorites. Plus, listen to this, God doesn't bless us based upon a merit system. Well, that boy there has really been living for me. He's been living, he's sold out for Jesus. Oh, he's, he's telling people that Jesus left. I'm going to bless him because of that. You, you know what you've been doing. and You don't deserve it. it. Has nothing to do with that. Aren't you grateful for that? Now, we think it that way, don't we? we? We think that a lot of times, I must not get this because I must be doing something wrong. I mean, I must be living wrong. I must have sin in my life. I got to check. I got to find out. I got. It really, Listen. Listen to me. I want you to be listening to me right now. We do not receive from God based upon how good or bad we are. We receive from God based upon faith. What does the word say? What does the Bible say? We receive from God, listen, because of what Jesus has already done for us. We find out what he did for us through his Bible, the redemptive work of Christ. These things redemptive realities. There's nothing we can do that can do away with the fact that these things have already been done. These things are already, they're already ours as children of God. But does that mean you're going to benefit from it? Does that mean that you're going to enjoy those things? Healing, provision, protection, and so forth. Does that mean those things are going to automatically happen to you? No, you've got to appropriate them into your life with your faith, which comes from the Holy Bible. That's what it's based upon. That's how we receive from God. It's not based upon a merit system. Chalk it up, but oh God, I, God, I'm in church today. I'm putting a notch on my belt. I deserve this. No, you don't. None of us deserve anything. Oh, ouch. Pastor Dan, that's kind of extreme. No, I'm telling you the truth. None of us deserve anything from God except a burn in hell. That's what we deserve. But how many know that's not the case? We're not going to burn in hell because of Jesus. He took our place, went to the cross, and died there. He was made sin with our sins so that we could have eternal life with God. So we could spend forever with him. So we get to go to heaven instead of hell. And during this lifetime, here on this earth, we can experience all he accomplished for us through his redemptive work, through his dying on the cross, through his being buried, through his being raised from the dead, through his being seated at the right hand of Almighty God. Because of what he did, I now can live free. I now can live healed. I now can live blessed. Hallelujah. All because of Jesus. It kind of, kind of, kind of, when you get that revelation, it kind of, kind of gets you excited. See, again, 
And I know Brother Mark always, you know, this is his main thrust and what changed his life. And, I, and it, it would change all of our lives to get this revelation. When you got born again, right when you said, Jesus, come be my Lord and Savior. Right then, that very moment, you were made the righteousness of God. Now, what does that mean? You went from a state of being separated from God to becoming his very own child and having a right standing with him. I've always used this as an example. If I was Daddy Gates, Daddy Bill Gates, and my son came up to me and said, Daddy Gates, I, want, I, I need a new car. I'm fixing to go off to college. I need this new car to go to college because I need to be able to, you know, take care of myself when I'm at college. And Daddy Gates, a billionaire, do you think he would have enough money to be able to bless his son with a new car? Especially if his son was in right relationship with him. Absolutely. How much more should that be true for us with our heavenly daddy. See, we are not. Our heavenly daddy doesn't look at us and say, man, you, you want what? Get out of my presence. I don't even want to talk to you. You're a sorry rascal. You think God ever does that? Have you ever felt like God does that? When you have sinned? When you have messed up? Oh, friends, I cannot express this to you enough. When you mess up, fess up, get back up, and know that you're back in right relationship with Almighty God. Hallelujah. And it's then at that very moment that you are able to receive anything from Him. Amen. Based upon the Word of God. Everybody hearing this today? Everybody getting this today? God, Our God is the ultimate in fair. There's nobody more fairer than our God is. I want you to understand that with everything that's in you. Amen? Well, I'm not getting very far. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying, now get this. I'm not saying he's not going to hold us accountable for what we did with what he gave us. Because we just read that, didn't we? We're going to have to stand before him and answer for what we did with what he gave us. But I want you to get this. God will never ask you to do something that he doesn't give you the grace to do it. That he doesn't give you the divine enablement, the divine ability, the divine empowerment to do it. His grace. His grace is sufficient for me. I can do anything he asks me to do because I know his grace is right there with it to do that very thing. God will never ask me to do anything that's beyond my ability in him. Did you hear that? And God will never ask you to do anything that's beyond your ability in him. In other words... His divine ability coming on you to accomplish what he's asking you to do. See, that's the reason he gets all the glory. Because the only way you're going to be able to do it is to look to him for his grace and that divine ability to come upon you to do it. But when you learn to do that, when you learn to yield to him, when you learn to look to his grace, glory to God, you'll find yourself doing things that you never thought you could do. And then what happens is you start to be used by God. To be a blessing to others. To minister his love to others. To be able to be used by him to lay hands on people. See them recover from sickness and disease. He'll use you to do the impossible. Hallelujah. God wants us to do those things.
But it's up to us to yield ourselves to him and say, God, I'm going to trust you now. I'm going to trust you that you're leading me to do this. You're going to give me the grace to do this. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I cannot express this to you enough. I shared this with you the last week. I think it was last week. I have dealt with me. Dealing with... (laughs) Dealt with me. I have dealt with the thought, who am I? Some of the things God's asked me to do. Who am I? See, I got my focus on me. I got my focus on me. I was looking at myself through natural eyes, and I'm saying, who am I? Who am I? And that right there is 100% completely wrong. You should never look at yourself in a mirror ever again and look at yourself through natural eyes. You need to look at yourself through his eyes and the way he sees you now. Because, see, when he looks at you, he sees Jesus. He sees someone who is more than a conqueror. He sees someone that is anointed and equipped to do everything he's called you to do. To be somebody on this earth. To make a difference in this earth for Jesus Christ. Every one of you, if you belong to him, is special to him. And every one of you is supposed to be making a difference in this earth for Jesus. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. You are now his child. And now he expects you to turn around and use what he's given you to go out and make a difference in this world for him. Amen. And listen to me. Get out of that little thinking that we, we find ourselves, we put ourselves in a box. I can't do anything. I don't have any money. I don't have any prestige. I don't have, I don't have any education. I can't do that. If God is asking you to do something that is so far beyond you that the first thought comes, I can't do that, then that should make you shout for joy. Now you're going, why would that make me shout for joy? Because then you come to the realization, it's not you going to be doing it. It's going to be him through you. Oh, hallelujah. Are you hearing me this morning? Listen to me. Every one of you is so important to him. I know you've probably heard this statement before. I've said it in here probably. If you're the only one walking the face of this planet, Jesus would have still died on the cross for you. That's how important you are to him. But also you need to understand he's put something in you. Every one of you have been gifted by God to do something. I don't, it does not matter how small you think you are in your own eyes right now. And this is something I, I, I'm, I'm keeping it real. I'm opening my life to you and I'm sharing. These are things I've dealt with. Struggles I still deal with. You look at yourself and you wonder, who am I? That's when you need to stop yourself. Take yourself by the back of your neck. Go in front of a mirror. Stand in front of that mirror and say, I am a child of God. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. God's life, God's eternal life is flowing through me. God has equipped me to do everything he's instructing me to do. All I got to do is tap into his grace and I'm going to be doing the impossible. Amen. And I know, uh, now listen, I've gotten so far ahead of myself, but that's all right. Let me see if I can find out where I'm at. 
Thank you, Jesus. The more you use your abilities that he's given you, uh, the more you use that, the gifts he's put in you, the greater the grace comes upon your life and the greater the anointing. I like to use his, uh, John John's uh, uh, father. His father's name is John too. And, and, and his father, I remember when, when he came up and became a part of Missoula Bible Church, I remember him saying to me, and I, I, Joan was there, and I don't know who else was there, I will never go before the people on the piano. I'll never go up there and do that. Never. Well, with that attitude, guess what? That gift God's put in him, it's like he's going to be standing before Jesus. Here, have back what I gave you. Look like the one was given one talent. Remember that? Handing it back. But all of a sudden, he got, I don't know what happened, but he went up, started to go up on the stage, started to play. And the more he began to yield to it, the greater the grace and the greater the anointing. And he got to the place where he began to flow. And now he can flow in the Holy Ghost. In fact, he plays for uh, uh, the Rama Healing School. They have healing school down there. And he's part of their praise and worship team. The greater the grace will come upon your life, the more you yield yourself to it and begin to use the gifts inside of you. Are you listening to me? If you find yourself at a place where you think, I just, I, I'm, not, I'm not seeing anything. I'm not having any of these kinds of occurrences in my life. Then you need to get along with God and find out what you can do. You got to find out what his giftings are for you. And then you begin to yield yourself to those giftings. Like, for example, he might have put inside of you the gift of encouragement, to be an encourager. You know what I mean by that? You know what I do on my phone now every Sunday? I get on my phone every Sunday and I text all of my pastoral friends and ministry friends. I don't care. I, I, do, I do Mark Hankins. I do Tony Cook. I do people all over the world. I'm sending them text messages. I'm encouraging them. That's one of the things God has put inside of me. And, and, and I remember that was a gift that was inside of my mom and how much of a blessing my mom was because she tapped into that gifting. And I've made a, decla- I mean, I've made a decision a long time ago. I'm going to do everything I can to encourage people. Riley, do I tell you almost every day something encouraging? I go out of my way to make sure people feel good. Encourage them. Lift them up. That could be something that you're good at. Amen. It might be something else. Do you know that there's all kinds of different giftings and talents in the body of Christ? I'm not saying that you have to do it this way or you have to do it that way, but you need to do it God's way. Find out what God has given you and begin to yield to it. Hallelujah. There is nothing more exciting and more thrilling than to be used by God to further his kingdom in the earth. But the, and get this. The more you begin to yield to him with that, the more, you're going to be found, the more you're going to find yourself being used by him. And the more you find yourself being used by him, and the more you're faithful to keep yielding to him, the more you keep yielding to him, the more you keep yielding to him, then you're going to find yourself in Walmart one day. Those are the times when you get positioned to be used by him to raise somebody up off of a wheelchair. Or somebody is dying there on the ground, and you put your hands on that person he's raised up. See what I'm saying? It just isn't going to happen because you're a Christian. You've got to position yourself. You've got to be found faithful to do what you're doing. Faithfulness is how we get increase in our lives. 
You see what I'm saying? How I'm saying this. If you don't like where you're at, be found faithful where you are. And then when you're found faithful where you are, you'll find your life being increased. I know with myself, I was a, 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 a youth pastor and then an associate pastor. And then I took over the children's ministry over Missoula Bible Church. And I've told you this before, and I'm not going to give you the long, drawn-out story. But the bottom line was, I was faithful to do those things. And it was at that time when God brought increase. and said, I want you to go to Bozeman and start Celebration of Life Church. I never even had given a thought to coming over here or going anywhere for that matter and being a senior pastor. I was being faithful to do what the Lord had instructed me to do there. And once I was found faithful there, that's when God promoted me. See how I'm saying that? But see, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at right now. I want to become an even better pastor. I want to, I want more anointing. I want more anointing upon my life. And you know how I'm going to get more anointing? Not begging God for more. You know how I'm going to get more anointing? Be found faithful to do what he's telling me to do. You want more anointing on your life? Be found faithful. Be found faithful to do what he's asking you to do, wherever you're at. I want to say some things here. I want to get onto this real quick. I'm not even in my notes hardly at all, but that's okay. I want to say something. Where am I, Lord? I said this. There's nothing more exciting and thrilling than being used by God to minister to others. And I'm not just talking about the pulpit ministry. I'm talking also about any area in the church. Whether it's ushering, whether it's the sound booth, whether it's the praise and worship team, whether it's the children's department. Get this one. It's the nursery department. That person that goes into the nursery and is willing to change the poopy diapers of somebody else's child. Talk about needing the grace of God. Are you hearing me? Every position in this church is important. Every position in this church is important. Because every position we're doing here in this church is helping to fulfill the vision of this church. Would you like it for a first-time guest to come into this church and they have children, but we have no children's workers to watch the children. So they have to bring their children in here. And right when the Lord has me speaking out something that is the answer to the things they've needed an answer to all of their lives, they get distracted by their children. The children are, are drawing their attention away from that word. And they miss out on it. And it really comes down to the fact that somebody never stepped up to the plate and use, are using their gifts in the children's department. Thank God for Cassie. Thank God for everyone else who helps us with the children's ministry. I tell you what, when I got that revelation in me, that it, when Pastor Jim came to me and said, you two are taking over the children's department right now, and at first I'm like going, get out of here. I'm already doing everything else around here. Uh, why are you going to give me that? I mean, I'm thinking this. I didn't say it to him. I'm thinking this. But then, you know what Jonah and I did? We prayed. And we said, God, we're going to do it. And man, I tell you what. We gave it our all. We yielded to it. And man, it began to explode our children's department. We had all kinds. We had praise and worship. We, we brought the kids and did our own praise and worship. We were up there shouting and singing, singing songs. What's that one song we sang? Um, 
That's it. It goes like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's when I need my wife in here. But anyway, the, the, the thing is, I mean, we, we, listen to this. You talk about having experience with God. You're in there and you're doing children's praise and worship. And you have children in there lifting their hands with tears streaming down their face because it's so anointed. You talk about Milton, the big man. And I just, we, we, we just began to yield ourselves to it. That gifting. That was in us. I mean, how many know I'm a big kid on the inside? And I just began to have fun with it. It's important. And it's, listen, you know what the children, I know I'm harping on this a little bit. That's okay. Do you know that our children's ministry isn't just so they get the kids out of here so that the parents aren't disturbed? You know, we don't believe that. We believe we have a children's department that is imparting to them the truth of God's word. We're feeding them at their level. We're breaking it down so that they get the revelation. Do you know that if they're being raised up from that tender young age all the way up to the, when they're a teenager and then they leave off to college, that glory to God, they're going to have it in them. And it's going to keep them strong and stable when they step off to go to college. Because when you get to college, I guarantee you those young people over there can testify to this. When you go to college, they ain't hitting you with Christian things. They're hitting you with worldly things. And they're trying to get you away off that path of serving Jesus Christ. But when you have grown up with that in your heart, and you've gotten a revelation of not who Jesus is through mommy and daddy, but who Jesus is through you, you get that revelation? There ain't no devil in hell that can take that away from you. That's why we do what we do where our children's department is concerned. That's why you, some of you in here need to get excited about it. Say, glory to God. Maybe that's what I'm supposed to be doing here. Maybe I could help out with the kids. Maybe I could go in there and teach children about Jesus. And we have some really kicking cool puppets. I love puppets. And I'm telling you, I mean, I'm serious. I mean, you can ask Pastor Joan. I, I had a little cow puppet every time we took up an offering. This little cow puppet did not like Pastor Joan. It, it, you know, because it, it really, the cow puppet loved me. And so he got frustrated with, you know, Pastor Joan being, she loved me. Anyway, sorry, get off on that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm trying to find out where I'm at. Glory to Jesus. Now, listen, listen. God will give us his divine enablement, his grace to do whatever he's calling us to do. If you're a greeter, you look to him for grace to do it. If you're an usher, you look to God for his grace to do it. If you're a sound man, you look to God for his grace to do it. Whatever your praise and worship team, it doesn't matter. I look to God's grace to stand up here in this pulpit ministry and preach the word of God. I know I can't do this in and of myself. Oh, I could probably get up here and give you a flowery speech that won't benefit you one bit. I'm not looking for that. I want the anointing upon my life to preach the gospel message to you because I know that's when your life will be changed forever. Amen. That's what I get thrilled about. I mean, I can look at Ron. I know I use Ron all the time, but he's right here. I know the lifestyle he used to live. I was just thinking about this the other day, thinking about when I'm going to be marrying you two. How he came here so low on the, I mean, he was under the barrel. 
big time. And God has done such a mighty work in his life. People he'll see from his old days will see him and they just go, what in the, who are you? God's gotten a hold of him and changed him. Hallelujah. And now God's blessing him. Hallelujah. The very thing that you've been believing God for is right there. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. It's for all of us, friends. All of us have divine gifts on the inside of us. And it's going to take you finding out what those gifts are. One of the things we're going to do here, and I'm trusting the Lord for this when we're going to do it. I might wait to the beginning of fall, but I'm going to follow the leading of the Lord in all of this. And I trust that you know that. But we're going to have a time when we're going to come together as a church family and we're going to go out and have a wonderful meal together and then we're going to take a test. Yay! <laughs> and you're going, somebody going, I don't like tests, Pastor Dan. I don't like tests at all. It's not a test to see how, how smart you are or anything like that. It's a test to help you locate the giftings on your life. And then we'll take that and we'll look at that and then we'll say, this is the area that we, it looks like you should be in right now. You know, I, and, and, and understand, not everybody's supposed to be in the children's ministry. My, my brother-in-law, Joan's oldest brother, Dave, he, he, he was trying to do what he could to help the church when it was starting over at Missoula Bible Church and he went into children's ministry. I lasted one time. He had kids shaking in their boots. He was thumping kids on the head. I mean, he's not the... <laughs> Kelby. <laughs> Kelby is not meant for the children's ministry. <laughs> Hallelujah. But there's some of you who are. There's some of you in this room who are. I tell you, if you get a hold of this, there's some of you younger ones. If you'll get a hold of this and you learn to start using puppets and things like that, it is... I'm, what's so funny about that? As I go like that, that's how you do a puppet. I do love puppets. What's up? <laughs> I'm sorry. But if you learn, you see, if you can go in there and you start to see their eyes catch you and they just grab their attention and you start to see their little lives change and then they're dragging their mom and dad to church. I got to go to church today, mom. I got to get to church. Isn't that what you want from your kids? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, God's grace will enable us to step out and fulfill our race, to run our race. We can boldly step out and confidently, confidently do whatever he's asking us to do. Thank you, Jesus. Knowing that he will always be there to equip us, to enable us, to empower us. Plus, it doesn't matter what. Now, listen, listen, with his grace. Did you know that the Bible says in Philippians 4.13? What does that say? You got that up there? I want you to read it with me. I can do. Read it again. I can do all things. I can do all. I can do Oh, I can do most things. I know there's a lot of things. I, just, just, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Did you know that? That's in the Bible. What does that sound like to you? You know what the word Christ means? It's not Jesus' last name. That means the anointed one in his anointing will give you the ability to do all things. Whatever it is you're doing, 
That means glory to God. There is nothing that you will ever face in this life that you cannot overcome it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It doesn't, oh, glory to God. I can do all things through Christ because he strengthens me. That anointing strengthens me. That anointing gives me the ability to do it. I'm getting myself excited because I'm believing I'm speaking to some of your hearts today. Did you know that the Bible also says this? All things are possible to those who believe. Mm-mm-mm. Love that scripture because it's easy to believe. Everybody believes one way or another. I choose to believe what the word says. God, you said it. That settles it. Now I choose to believe it. And I know whatever it is I need to do, you're going to equip me. You're going to enable me. You're going to empower me. You're going to grace me to do it, to accomplish it. So I will step out in faith, knowing that you're always faithful to look over your word to perform it in my life. To look over your word to perform it through my life. Hallelujah! How many believe this today? How many believe that God has a gift inside of you? I don't care what. Listen to me. Every one of you is important. I want to conclude with this statement. And this is the way I look at it. Every job in here, from cleaning toilets to changing poopy diapers to working in the children's ministry to doing the uh, sound to ushering, what the praise and worship, it does not matter. Every job in here is more important than any job out there in the world. Pastor Dan, what about a doctor? Doesn't a doctor help people get healed, get better? Well, Jesus is the actual healer. Doctors do help in that. But that's helping for just this here and now. And what about a teacher? Teachers are important. But what does a teacher do? Just help a person get an education for the here and now. But what is someone who's coming in here and doing this kind of a job? What is this impacting? Someone's eternal destiny. It impacts eternity. I said it impacts eternity. It impacts eternity. It impacts e- See, if we have someone doing children's ministry, and the children aren't in here, and someone comes through those doors, and that otherwise would have been distracted, 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 and missed hearing the gospel message, and did not give their life to the Lord because they didn't have a children's ministry. They came in there, they did. They weren't being distracted and they heard that word and they gave their life over to Jesus see how I'm saying that it's impacting their eternity there's nothing more important than that I've had little kids in our neighborhood we lived in Missoula come to me one time and said what do you do what do you, what do, you do I'm a minister of the gospel oh you're one of those and I looked at him and I said there's no one more important there's no job more important than the job I do and they're like going, no, that's not right. And I say, oh, I'm telling you the truth. Because see, what I do is going to impact your destiny, your, your, your eternity. What they're doing, that's just for here and now. Now, you might think, well, how is it cleaning this church up part of that? Could we fulfill this destiny without people doing something like that? Now, I'm going to, say, I'm going to preface it by saying this. Joan and I came up here yesterday, and we weed whack, I weed whack, and she cleaned up, and we helped Sherry set up for her little thing and stuff like that. And I'm, So I'm saying that not to say because nobody knew we were doing it. But you know how great it would be if someone came to me and said, Pastor Dan, I want to handle the yard work. I want to take it over. 
I want to mow. I want to weed whack. I want to pull the weeds up. I want to do everything I can to make this place look so beautiful out there. Do you know that that's a gifting? People take that seriously. They, they, they want to do that. Or, or, Pastor Dan, I want to come in here and I want to clean the church. I want to clean those toilets. I want to clean, I want to vacuum that wonderful green carpet. <laughs> Thank God when this building is, the manifestation of what we're believing for happens, that will be one of the first things to go. Gone. Hallelujah. <laughs> we'll, have a, we'll have a big party and burn it. <laughs> <laughs> throw, the, throw the wagon wheels on too, you know. <laughs> glory to God. Anyway, glory to God. Listen, I want, I want everybody in here to get this this morning. You're important. This is Celebration of Life Church. And every one of you is important here. If we're going to fulfill the destiny of this church, we need you. Every one of you. And when we come together as a body, the Bible says that, that there's that supernatural flow. And what happens is increase in the body. I want every one of you to get a hold of this. Because I don't care. I, I cannot express this to you enough. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how old you are. You have something in you from God. And we need you to be willing to step and help us. But that's when it gets thrilling. If you're found faithful to do whatever it is, whether it seems small to you right now, if you do it faithfully, God will bring increase to your life. How many want to be used by God in a greater way? Be found faithful where you're at. Now, we're going to get more into this, talk about this a little bit more, obviously, as the Lord wills. Sometimes he changes things up, as you know. But I want to begin to share some things about the attributes of God where faithfulness are concerned that we need to have implemented into each and every one of our lives as, as his followers, if we're going to be found faithful. Amen? So is everybody okay with this? Again, I'm not trying to condemn anybody. This, receive this message from the heart it's being given out of a heart of love. We all should be looking to say, God, I want to, I want to change things. I want, to, I want to become that man or that woman of God I'm supposed to be, and I want to step into that position you have for me. And you understand some of them are different. You know the praise and worship. Not everybody's supposed to be in the praise and worship team. I would go up there and I sing sometimes. It hasn't happened in a long time. But that's not what I'm called to do. And how many have been here long enough to know that's true? Oh, shoot. <laughs> I have put, I, I, I make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, shut up. Not everybody's supposed to be in certain places, but everybody's supposed to be somewhere. And when we get there, I tell you, this place is going to become so blessed, so blessed. More, I, this could be something that's holding up the blessings into your life right now. I'm just keeping it real. You're not doing what God has called you to do. You're not finding out what he's called you to do, stepping into it and saying, God, here I am. Here I am. And when you're found faithful, increase, increase, increase. And it's not just in one area, it's in all areas. Amen. I want everybody to say this. I am important to Celebration of Life Church. I am important in the earth today to help God fulfill his destiny for this church. Hallelujah. I believe it.
All of you. We love every one of you. We believe in every one of you. But more importantly, he loves you. He believes in you. Amen? Glory to God. Well, let's pray. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the...